The reading is taken from the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 10 to 18. It will be on the screen, but if you want to follow it in your Bibles in the seat in front of you, the Pew Bibles is on page 1177, 1177. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Morning and happy new year to you all. Um, Thank you. It's... uh, just one thing I wanted to just add um, to the notices really was about, um, particularly for regular members, you know that we, we've had uh, been talking about uh, a second service. We've made that decision to have a second morning service. Um, and you might be thinking, well, we haven't heard very much about that recently. Well, we will be um, uh, talking more about that sh- shortly in the next couple of weeks, um, giving you more information about when that's going to happen and how that's going to happen. So I just wanted to say that now, right at the beginning of the year. It hasn't been forgotten. Um, and you can ask me more about that um, later. Do not be ashamed to confess the faith of Christ crucified. Fight valiantly as a disciple of Christ against sin, the world, and the devil. And remain faithful to Christ to the end of your life. What are the words from? It's from baptism. These are the words um, from baptism that we say to a person at their baptism. Fight valiantly. And and we may be unfamiliar with the the imagery of um, battling. We may be a little bit uncomfortable even with its use. But it is the language of the Bible for a true disciple of Christ. And over the next um, couple of months, we're going to unpack this passage in uh, Ephesians 6. We're going to look at the full armour of God. What does Paul mean by it? We're going to look at the individual pieces um, of the armour. But today, we're just going to do a, a sort of an introduction to it. Let's take a moment to pray, shall we? God, our Father, we thank you for your word. We pray now um, that you will help us to understand it. We pray that your spirit would be our teacher, for we ask in Jesus' name. 
Amen. So it's about two years ago that we started going through Ephesians, and we've stopped going through it at different points and did something else, but it's been about two years. Um, And I left this passage right at the end of Ephesians 6 because I wanted to start this new year, this new year with this passage about spiritual warfare. And Paul begins here in verse 10 with the word, finally, finally. And he gets here after chapter 1, which is all about God's big perspective on salvation. Chapter 2 is all about how you get salvation through the blood of Christ alone. Uh, You go into chapter 3, which is all about the the church. And chapters 4 and 5 and 6, Paul then gives us more detail about how, um, if this is all true, this salvation that we've got through Christ, he gives us instructions about how we should live as Christians. He gives us some broad areas of the the Christian life, uh, about um, marriage, about um, relationships, about work, all sorts of things he gives us, instructions about putting on this, putting off that. You'll remember that language in the passage. And then you think, well, maybe he'll just sign off here, yours sincerely, uh, Paul. But he doesn't do that. He says, finally. Why does he do that? He does that because he wants to show the context in which we live this life in Christ. He wants to show us the context of it. What is the context? Well, let's think for a moment. Imagine you're asked a group of people to go and to build a new city, maybe to build a new fortress and you gave them the designs, you gave them the materials, everything that he needed to, to build it. So off they went, and, and imagine, though, that you, you just forgot one thing. You forgot one crucial piece of information to tell them. You forgot to tell them, oh, by the way, you're going to be building this thing in enemy territory. That'd be quite a crucial thing to forget, wouldn't it? Uh, what would that mean? to have that understanding that you're actually going to be building this thing in in an enemy territory. Well, it would mean that you would build in a different way, wouldn't you? You're going to need something more substantial than a high-vis vest, aren't you? You're going to need something even more than PPE equipment. I think that means personal protective equipment. You're going to need armour, if, that, if you're building in uh, this kind of context. And so that's why Paul says, finally, and he gives us this bit at the end of Ephesians 6. You might keep it open in front of you. Here is the Christian life, he says, but here is the context in which this life is going to be worked out in. You're going to be surrounded by an array of very powerful forces that are out to get you. Verse 10 says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. Why? 
put the full armour of God. He goes on, so that when the day of evil comes, when it comes, not if, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Because if you don't, you're dead meat. What is the day of evil here in verse 13 that he's talking about? Well, if you're a Christian here um, this morning, there are going to be days, and you know this, don't you? You've probably already experienced it. There's going to be days where some power, some force, some, something's coming um, to us, something seems to be surrounding us, seeking to, to kind of torment us, to undermine our faith, making us doubt God's generosity to us, seeking perhaps to tempt us away from what God says. You know those days where things just live, trying to live a Christian life seems like a, a struggle. And sometimes we think, you know, oh, maybe it's just coincidence that this, these things are happening. And we sort of shrug it off as there's good days and there's bad days. But Paul, you see, is saying, no. There are dark forces at work. Back to our kind of fortress illustration. Imagine as you're laying the bricks and you're part of this build that you've been commissioned on. You you begin to see that that some of the bricks are breaking in front of you. Uh, First it's just one. um, But then there seems to keep happening and you don't understand why it keeps happening. Well, just maybe, maybe it's because you're under attack. Maybe it's because you don't realise you're under attack. What if something is out to get you, to kill you, to distract you, to, to pull you away from the work that God has given you? And so Paul is giving us the context of the Christian life. And he is saying it is a fight. Be prepared Get your armour on, the full armour on now before it's too late, before an arrow, if you like, takes you out. Realise, if you don't realise already, your struggle is with more than flesh and blood. More than this material, physical world. There's There's a whole supernatural world out there and we will be talking more about that um, over the next few weeks that seeks, that is seeking to bring you down to bring the Christian crashing down and you need to be ready for that, we need to be ready for that as we face this new year it's a fight you see you can tell a real Christian somebody who's put their trust and their faith in Jesus Christ as much from the warfare and the conflict in their life as from the inner peace and joy that they have from knowing Christ. We have new conflicts, there are new struggles, there's wrestling. And sometimes it merges unexpectedly and we, we say, why? Well, because you've now, we've now allied ourselves with one person, Jesus Christ. And therefore, if you ally yourself with Jesus Christ, you do make enemies uh, of other people who are, who are out to get him, spiritual forces. So real Christianity, I want to, that's really my main point today, real Christianity is a fight. Um, 
J.C. Ryle, who's the, the Bishop of Liverpool in the 19th century, wrote a brilliant book. If you get a book uh, by J.C. Ryle, look for holiness. It's a wonderful book. And in it is a chapter called The Fight. And uh, let me just read a little bit from it. He says, quite a long quote. So, true Christianity, let us mind that word true. There is a vast quantity of religion current in the world which is not true, genuine Christianity. There are thousands of men and women who go to churches and chapels every Sunday and call themselves Christians. Their names are in the baptismal register. They are married with Christian marriages, services, and they mean to be buried as Christians. But you never see any fights about their religion, a spiritual strife and exertion and conflict and self-denial and, and watching and warring, and they know literally nothing at all. Such Christianity may satisfy man, but it certainly is not true Christianity of the Bible. It is not the religion of which the Lord Jesus founded or his apostles preached. It is not the religion which produces real holiness. True Christianity is a fight. Now, some of you might hear that quote and say, oh, that sounds a bit extreme, sounds a bit strong, Eddie. Well... Think for a moment, think for a moment of a baby being born. I've got some experience of that recently. One thing I can tell you, that it's a very serious situation when a baby is born. In a serious situation, the only right response is what? It's actually in a very serious situation, is a fight. I don't mean physical, physical, a fight, a wrestling. It's not a pretty picture, is it, a baby being born? When a baby is born, there's a sudden jolt to the system, isn't there? There's cold air around them. There's arms and legs flailing everywhere where they were once cocooned and wrapped inside. There's crying, there's screaming. Why? Because the child has to take the first breath. It's a very traumatic experience for the baby comes out. Just, and if the baby just comes out and just, just lies there and does nothing, what does that mean? Does everyone say, oh, what an apathetic character this child must have? He's very laid back, isn't he? No, you, you say, there seems to be something wrong. Why are they not fighting? It's trying to take the first breath. Kicking and, and screaming and, and wake, you, know, you want to wake them up and alert them and, and, and try and revive them. You see, when you, when you become a Christian, when you become a true follower of Jesus, we're born again, aren't we? We're born again. And that means there's a lot of adjusting. There's an awful lot of struggling a lot of fighting, a lot of flailing around of arms and legs. Fighting for that first breath, maintaining the breathing as you go out. It's a serious situation. In any serious situation, there's a lot of fighting. In any dangerous situation, think of for a moment if you were trapped in a fire. Uh, and you would fight, wouldn't you, to get out. 
You'd smash the window with the chair. You'd grab the curtain to put something around your mouth. You would take action. It would be a fight for survival. You see, in the same way, you know you're really a Christian, is where, there's going to, where there is fighting for survival. A fight, as Paul says here, to stand against the, the day of evil when it comes. But so often we lose sight of it, don't we? I mean, I know what that's like. You know what that's like. You lose sight of it. You think back when you first became, gave your life to Christ. When you first became a Christian, you, you thought, oh, I'm going to kick this habit. I'm going to stop doing these things. Or, or I'm going to fight and I'm going to not be lazy in the morning. I'm going to get up and I'm going to read my Bible and I'm going to pray to God. I'm really going to meditate on God's scripture and prepare my, my, for my day ahead. And I'm going to join, be accountable to other Christians. I'm going to join a small group and, and be part of that uh, midweek Bible study. You know, what are you doing at that point? You're being alert, aren't you? You're awake. You're, you're flailing and grasping for breath. Um, but you know it was a fight to do this. At that point, you know it was a fight. Do you remember that? Is it just a memory? Do you look back and remember just how difficult it was to drag yourself up out of bed uh, earlier? Do you remember that a week later, the first thing you had to do was... Confess that you hadn't talked to God, perhaps, for a week. Recall just how hard it was to get out on a cold, dark, cold January evening to get to a midweek Bible study. Do you remember what a fight it was to your life to do that? And I suppose the question for us as we begin this series is... Is that same fight in us? Is it? Or have we lost it? You see, if you say you're a Christian and yet there's no battling, there's no exertion, there's no flailing, there's no gasping, there's no attempt in that fight to stay alive, could it be because, could it be because well, we've, we've just drifted off to sleep? Maybe uh, uh, as you went out, um, think about the fortress again, to build the fortress, you were unprepared. You hadn't put the full armour of God on. And you didn't realise that you were in enemy territory, and so you got hit by a poison dart, and you're already drifting off into uh, sleep. You know, as I've been thinking about this uh, 2019 as a church for us, this is a really big year. I mean, every year is a big year, but this seems even more of a big year. We've got this opportunity ahead of us, a mission opportunity, an additional service in the morning so more people can hear the wonderful and glorious good news of Jesus Christ. And if we're going to do this together, if we're going to build, we need to recognise that it won't be easy. Why? Because we are building in enemy territory, aren't we? There's a whole array of God's enemies against us to bring us down and to deflect us from that work. Again, think about the illustration. Imagine imagine you 
go towards the fortress, towards that place where people are working and instead of hearing anything, you don't hear anything. You don't hear anything going on. You don't hear any fighting, you don't hear any voices, you don't hear any clashing of swords, you don't, you don't hear cries of, take cover, watch out, mind your back, look over there. Or what was if you go out there and all you hear is just silence? You ask yourself, well, what, what's happened? And you realise that they're either all dead or they're tied up with something else or they're all drugged or they're all knocked out. If there's no fight, you see, in the Christian life, Fight as individuals, or fight as a, a, a fellowship. We're either not alive spiritually, in other words, we're not Christians, or we're really being knocked out. Perhaps we've been knocked out by the temptations of this world around us. Perhaps we've been distracted by the, the cares of the world. Perhaps we've been drugged by the addictions of money, of sex, and possessions or maybe we're tied up by plans by dreams by hopes and longings that are not of God and this passage says it is a fight and we need to be very serious about this really serious deadly serious about it we need to be very serious as we seek to enter this new year seeking to grow How are we to fight the battle? Look at verse 10 again. Verse 10 says, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Yes, we need to fight the battle. We do need to do it. But it's in the power of the Lord and his mighty power. And that's what really we're going to be talking about over the next um, few weeks. Fighting uh, with his his mighty power, which means putting on his full armour of God. The power of the Lord comes as you make your stand. You are involved. You have to make your stand. Four times Paul says stand in this passage. The power comes as you take your stand, as you step out. What you do is you say, I'm going to trust you, Lord. You don't wait to say, Lord, show me you're trustworthy before you trust him. No, he, he never does it that way round. Because at that point, it wouldn't be being strong in his power. He would just simply be, he would just simply be doing it. And I'll tell you why. I think, I think I, why he does it that way round. Why he asks us to make a stand. And why he does that. It's because Effectively, he wants us to grow up as disciples. He wants us to grow from that baby, as it were, into mature disciples. On the the way back um, from our New Year's break on the Suffolk coast, um, we stopped as a family at a um, National Trust place in Suffolk. And uh, as we were going back to the car, I noticed um, one of those... uh, I noticed a mother um, with one of those... And baby slings, a front-loaded baby sling, okay? I know a lot about these things now. Um, it, 
in, in it was a, was a child, not, not a baby. The, and the whole thing looked rather odd and peculiar to me as I gazed on, trying not to gaze, if you know, not trying not to stare, you know. <laughs> you know that kind of thing. And the, the, the mother was, was carrying what looked to me like a three-year-old on the front. And the arms were, were out here and the legs were right down here. And the whole thing sort of looked very peculiar, as you can imagine, can't you? Carrying that size of a child. I mean, a, a, a mother carries a baby on the front for, what, about six months, and then you might put them in a, a backpack um, later on so that you can wreck your back as well. Um, but, and, and even the father does that, I must say that. And you do that, but well, why do you do that? You, you do it because the baby can't walk. That's it. Because they can't walk. What is the goal of the parent? The goal of the parent is to eventually see that child make their own stand. That is it, isn't it? To make the stand. You don't want to be carrying this child forever. You don't want a 16-year-old <laughs> baby on your front, do you? I mean, how imagine how weird that would be. One day you realise this child is ready to walk. So what do you do? You move back, don't you? You encourage the child to make a stand. What does the child feel like when this is happening? Oh no. (laughs) I might crash. I'm teetering, I'm falling. How could you do this to me? How could you leave me to fall on my face? Of course, any good parent is ready to grab at the point. But you have to come to me and make a stand. You have to step out or you will never learn. I'm sure there are people here today who feel like that with God. You feel God has withdrawn a step or two back from you. You feel the fight around you. You feel the battle around you, the struggles, the temptations. You don't see his mighty power. You're tempted to just cry out, God, why can't you just pick me up? Why can't you carry me in your Sling, as it were. But Paul is saying here, and he says, be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in his power, in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand. It means step out in faith. Filling your mind full of his promises, of the the promises of chapters 1 and 2 and 3, of God's salvation through Jesus Christ alone, through his atoning sacrifice of his son, of his salvation and his promises that he gives that you will be with him forever. When you see that, then you're standing. As we begin this series, are you ready for that, St. John's? Are you ready? 
Because Christianity is a fight. That's all I have to say. As we start a new year, as we are eventually going to start a new service, there is great evil out there. We'll say more about that part of it um, at a later date. We need to be ready. We need to be alert. We need to be flailing and grasping and battling and toiling to stand firm. When we stand and are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, when we do step out, what will we find? We will find the Lord himself there calling us. And he's always said, he said at the end of Matthew 28, he says, I am with you always. I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let's pray. Our God, our Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that through passages like this, you you wake us up to the reality of the the context in which we find ourselves as, as followers of Jesus Christ, that we are in a battle and a fight. And some days are, are harder than others. Temptations are strong. Struggles are difficult. Father, we pray that we may stand firm in the Lord Jesus, that we would make our stand, that we would put on the full armour of God, that we would be ready we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.